Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Cheater and the Rude. Coming to you live from the very, very cold streets of New York City. Walking past the West Village School where Louis C.K.'s fictional kids go to elementary school. Catching my breath because I'm old and out of shape and you know what's happened to me and it's also cold and for some reason I get more winded in the cold. Maybe there's some muscle contraction. Maybe it's the lack of any sort of visible genitalia that uh, makes me walk differently. I don't know. The point is good evening and welcome to Cheater and the Root. I'm Jeff Chrysler and with us in spirit is Lee Papa. I wrote Get Rich Cheating. If you're just joining us, go to GetRichCheating.com or just do something awful and feel bad about it. And uh, Lee Papa is the Root Pundit. Blogspot, Root Pundit, dot something or other. Uh, we'll hear a little bit from him later. His thoughts on the events and the issues that have brought us back together tonight. You may be wondering, hey Jeff, you guys haven't done a new show in a while. Why now? Why now while you are uh, walking through the cold? Well, I'll tell you why. Because I'm suffering through this bitter cold, leaving behind my family and the warmth of my home to go meet with some people about getting the final edition. You know that show that comes on after us and that I always tell you about, thefinaledition.com. To get in that partnership revving up with a pretty big comedy brand. And uh, I think maybe I'll slap satire on there. Satirical ninja is what Lee and I called ourselves when we started. Hey Jeff, why does sacrificing through the cold for satire, remembering what you used to do, really matter today? I don't know. Maybe because some people got shot in the face for it. The events uh, over in France, the events over in France, it's like the events of September 11th. Eh, not events, the senseless violence because of unfunny and grotesque cartoons. Let's, let's say that. Let me just say, not my cup of tea, nonetheless, not deserving of the response they got. You know, all this sort of uh, help put some things into perspective. I'm going to run across the street so I don't get hit by a cab driver. All right. One of them is life. Walking while talking, never a safe thing to do. Oh, look, I'm going to pass by the old offices of Current TV where I used to write a TV show about news and events. And I uh, wrote a well-known speech. I'm trying. I'm trying to use my satirical weapons to make some sort of difference in the world, to educate and enlighten and change the conversation. And I think that's what the people at uh, Charlie Hebdo, Charlie Hebdo, were trying to do in their own way. And it's when efforts are made to clamp down on conversation and dialogue that our future is truly challenged. People can say the most abhorrent things, and I hate it when they lie and when they twist words and they twist minds, but then it's really up to us to respond in kind, to use our truth and our wit to disembowel their fabrications and their deceit, which I guess is the same as a fabrication. Loud noise. 
somewhat ironic that my little discussion of twisting truth for gain was interrupted by the loud hum of a Brinks bank truck. But hey, if you're on irony, what about the fact that that dog's green knit sweater didn't match her little pink booties? What a stupid dog. All right. So here's the deal. Well, I don't know if here's the deal. As I think I probably mentioned on here, part of what drew me to New York City were the events of September 11th. I lost a, a friend from college, not a best friend, someone I lived next door to for a couple years. And uh, I remember coming back in November of that year from San Francisco. And I mean, it was October, but the pile was still smoking. And there was death in the air. And one of the thoughts that I had, among many, was if this is a place worth attacking, this is a place worth living. If this is a place important enough to be a target, there must be something important happening here. And I moved here. I was drawn here because of that. Now, there were other factors. Got family on the east as a comedian and a in the creative space you got to be in new york or la and even though i'm rethinking my thoughts right now in this bitter cold i would never want to move to la just being another desperate soul although now i sure would like to know that my genitalia do exist it sort of doesn't feel that way right now but uh it drew me here those events the fact that someone said hey this place is important this place makes a difference and we don't like it, so let's attack it. And I've been feeling the same gravitational pull for the last 24 hours regarding satire, regarding comedy. I don't know how much I revealed here, but you know, come the, the creative game, the writing game, the comedic game, it's, it's a challenge. And sometimes you want to look at your little kid and say, um, yeah, I'll go be a lawyer. It's cool. I have all that matters right here in my hands in this little blubbery ball of shrunken Chris Christie. But if what Lee and I, together and separately, mostly separately, and others like us do, is somewhere on the spectrum of satire, somewhere, somehow a cousin of Charlie Hebdo, Hebdo. Somehow a cousin of Stephen Colbert, a brother, a sister. Then it's important. And I think I've always deluded myself into believing that. But now there's something about the attacks. I guess that fuels my delusion. That in a way those lunatics reinforce my own lunacy. And if, this, if, if satire is so threatening to arm people with Kalashnikovs, then satire has importance and power. I've always believed that. And I've often said, especially recently, that the attacks of O'Reilly and the attacks of, uh, what's his name, the other square-headed Fox News guy, uh, I'm glad I can't remember his name right now. I'm too cold for memory. That their attacks 
just reinforce the notion that what we do is important. But to actually have literal attacks, not figurative and spoken attacks, and not slander, and not whatever Ann Coulter does, and you know, not the coordinated media uh, and linguistic efforts, but the coordinated militaristic gun base, misogynistic, barbaric efforts. Well, someone's willing to take a life for something that I'm doing, then I've got to be willing to give my life to it. I'm not saying I want to actually be killed, but you don't half-ass things. You know, I, I have no doubt, shifting gears a little bit, I have no doubt that the conflict in New York between the police and the mayor, which if I remember to, and I'm not so cold, I will address a little bit later, that the people on both sides, or the people in the police force, have a similar feeling that, th that this is something they are willing to give their life to. And I respect them for that. I think those that turn their back are wrong and disrespectful. But I understand feeling you must take a stand because you have dedicated your life, and in their case, put their lives on the line for their career, for their job, for the living, for their identity. And I guess for Charlie Hebdo and the attackers therein, perhaps they did something similar for me. So thank you, assholes. Every time I think I'm out, they keep drawing me back in. The, uh, I don't want to give them any credit, even that tiny little thing. I'm not giving them credit. I'm going to actually blame them. No, my child's going to blame them because I'm going to be stuck in this netherworld. It'd be easier, frankly, not to be a, not to have been a political community, not to be someone caught between uh, content and comedy just be a yuck yuckster or just be a, a pundit we're like the hydra cut off one head and a, a million clown heads will reappear it's actually somewhat ironic about the timing of all this bringing it back to this meeting I'm going to with this major comedy brand is that right now we are at the final edition are producing a web series called The Secret Diaries of a Terrorist. We're filming it this weekend. Should be out in a couple weeks, so if I forget to go check it out. It is blasphemous. It is outrageous. It is over the top and a cartoon. Not a little cartoon, though we've done that. It's cartoonish. But it is hilarious. And it makes its point. And it is funny. And we have... Middle Easterners who have agreed to shoulder the burden of being in it, of representing it. And we have whiteies and Jews and Catholics all involved. And it pokes a big stick in the eye of both the misogynistic and barbaric terrorists as well as Western prejudices against uh, the Muslims. 
and you know I, I, I wish we were two weeks ahead of schedule and we could just drop it right now and say boom we don't care bring it but in a way and I am uh, no longer hesitant to go forward with it I actually think I was more hesitant before this that there's something scratching at me saying should we do this should we poke the stick should we make something with what is to us and to most people a clear message based in pushing forward love and squashing hate and yet something that could be misinterpreted easily misinterpreted by buffoons and ignorant and whose response uh, it may not border on violence but would certainly border on inappropriate and misguided and close-minded and I said yes we should push forward yes before I was like yeah fuck it you know what you gotta stand for something or you fall for anything a walk a walk I believe that was Abraham Lincoln his first blog post something to that effect all right listen it's cold I'm almost at my destination I'm gonna take a break you're gonna take a break listen to this uh, funny intermezzo from the final edition oh this does look like a fancy restaurant how did you hear about it it's the restaurant that the CIA opened to prove that their practice of forced rectal feeding was not torture so all the food goes up your butt Come on, just try it. The website I saw gave it two thumbs up. Way up. My friend ate here. Well, technically, he didn't eat. Mm, did he recommend anything? Yes, stay away from the swordfish. Ah, here we go. Welcome to Shea Rectal. Do you have a reservation? Uh, no, we don't. No problem, we can squeeze you in. It's what we do. <laughs> ah, table for two right over here. Please sit down while you still can. she's having. <laughs> Honey, I'm sure they've heard it all. We don't mind. If our customers can take it, so can we. The wine list is there on the back page of your menu under rectal hydration. Honey, white or red? Oh, it all comes out red. If you're adventurous, you might order a carafe. Oh, water's fine. I think we'll go straight to dinner. As you wish. Although, before your main entree, we do recommend having a tossed salad. Oh, I'll go for that. But of course... Mm. Oh, oh my. Oh, yes. Oh, oh God, that is good. Oh, yes. Wait, what, what's that in your hand? Uh, uh, ground pepper. Ow! Oh, oh, Jesus! That's enough. That's enough. Oh, honey, you've got to try this. I'll uh, have the soup. Thank you. Oh, oh, ooh! Careful, it's hot. And what would Madam like for the main course? You know, I could never stomach the thought of frog's legs, but here, stomach has nothing to do with it. I'll try them. And I'll have the lobster tail. Be 16 ounces good. A 20 ounces better. Ah, what the hell? 20 ounce it is. Here you go. Oh, god damn it. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, 
No, please. Oh, waiter, can I get some melted butter? Please. But of course, here we are. Oh, oh, oh my, yes. That's, oh, that's much better, thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, yes. Honey, how are the frog legs? Chicken! Baked potato, anyone? Uh, mashed, please. Uh, do you have risotto? <laughs> I hope you folks save room for dessert. We have cheesecake. You know what? I am full. Sweetie, split it with me? Honey, you always say the cheesecake goes straight to your butt. Oh, hey! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're done here. And how was everything? I know you say it's not torture, but we're ready to confess. <clears throat> we were both planning to bomb JFK Airport. Airport. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Both of them. Uh. Uh, but then you simply can't leave. The floor show is just about to begin. Really? We'd rather leave. Nonsense. We have Christina Aguilera played at ear-splitting volume for the next 48 hours. Enjoy! Fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all Jesus said, the poor you have always with you. Does this mean he wants us to ignore the poor? No. The maker of all things intends for us to care for the taker of all things. Mr. or Ms. Poor Person. And this Christmas season, we intend to do just that. Congressman Paul Ryan's House speech today underlines that even the Tea Party is looking for ways to appear compassionate towards widows, orphans, beggars, and other moochers. House Bill H.R. 115 would establish January 15th as Poor Christmas, a separate but equal holiday for the 47 million Americans living below the poverty line. House Speaker John Boehner. Well, friends, is there anything more heartbreaking for Christmas shoppers than seeing little poor children outside the store pressing their little brown noses against the windows and gazing forlornly at, uh, at gifts and goodies their parent can't possibly afford? Well, this year, let's, let's give them a truly Christian Christmas present by making their Christmas three weeks later. Hal Weevil is a spokesman for the Walton Family Poor Christmas Initiative, which funds a nationwide grassroots campaign to sell Poor Christmas to the poor and to retailers. The post-Christmas period sucks for retailers. They're stuck with overstocked, damaged, returned Christmas items. They discount this stuff 60%, 70%. If it's perishable, like, oh, eggnog or fruitcake or poinsettias, up to 90%. Now, with poor Christmas, the poor have a reason to buy them at affordable prices. Instead of eating the cost of unsellable seasonal items, retailers have a second Christmas buying season. Everybody's happy. The economy spikes. 
Paul Ryan is a genius. The House also passed a sense of Congress rider calling on local sanitation departments to repurpose discarded Christmas trees with enough remaining branches to support ornaments. Look, I grew up poor. I know how hard it can be when you've had no Christmas and you see those trees just lying discarded in the snow on the street. So spray them with pine green paint. Sell them right from sanitation trucks at cost or a little above. That's up to local government. Let's give the poor back their dignity. The Walton family is working to spread the good word with the Reverend John Hagee of the First Church of Christ the Consumer in Houston. Reverend? The key to establishing poor Christmas is selling it to the unpoor, our congregation. How do the unpoor benefit? Simple. They won't suffer the inconvenience of having caregivers, cleaning ladies, pool boys, cooks and drivers taken off the very same holy days they do. Days when they need to be free to meditate on the true meaning of Christmas. When they need to celebrate by consuming mountains of food and costly presents as Christ intended. And now Rosa, Jose, Venetia, and Anthe will be happy to work Christmas Day instead of getting fired because they have poor Christmas to look forward to. Plus, they wouldn't be working poor Christmas anyway because by January 15th, the unpoor will all be in Palm Beach or Gestalt or Vail or Aruba. Everybody wins and baby Jesus loves winners. H.R. 115 passed by a vote of 430 to 5. The only holdouts were the Northern California Democratic Caucus who claimed the term poor Christmas is demeaning to the disadvantaged. They suggest calling the new holiday Christmas the sequel or Christmas 2.0. Let's let Congressman Ryan, prime architect of the new holiday, have the last word. Well, Sean, imagine poor Christmas Eve. The sparkling eyes of little poor children as they string their bright green needle-free poor Christmas trees with lightly dinged and dented ornaments, hang up their water-damaged stockings beside their narrow beds, and lay the one-legged bambino in the creche that's missing its St. Joseph, as so many poor families do. So the Savior is born a little later for the poor. He's still our same blessed Savior. Merry poor Christmas to one and all. Fashion through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Okay, we are back, back inside the warmth. Notice the lack of chattering teeth and wind back inside the womb. And this is where birth is given. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, you're back. And I couldn't help but thinking while listening to those uh, bits from the final edition. A little taste, a little tease, a little something-something for the future greatness that you will experience. I couldn't help but think, you know, most of the target of my satire has generally been the powerful Um specifically economic powers 
you know, get rich cheating. It's about those that have money access and privilege to get more and use it to get more money access and privilege and use that to get more money access and privilege. So I'm not, I, I don't feel threatened in life. Um, you know, maybe in financial security, but not in personal security. Although, you know, maybe someday I can tell myself that's why I didn't make it. It's because I threatened those in power and they behind closed doors made it so that I was never lucrative. I don't know. I don't even have the energy for that nonsense. Um, my failure or success is not defined by financial terms, as you can tell by the lack of financial terms. My PayPal is under confusion laughter piece at yahoo.com or just buy some copies of my book, Get Rich Cheating, or just, you know, I think now there's like Apple Pay, Chase Pay. Just send me money if you like what I do. Um, I don't know what I do, but go to Jeff Chrysler, K R E I S L E R dot com and uh, find out. That's not Jeff Chrysler, Chrysler.com. I was just spelling <clears throat> the Chrysler. One of the, I'm not very good at marketing myself. Um, so it's been interesting days. I'm kind of interested to see who calls himself a satirist now, what it really means. I think a lot more people will want to. Because it does seem important, but a lot of people misconstrue and think that's just about drawing a picture of somebody naked, getting it in the rump-a-dump, or just saying, Jesus sucks. Um, and I don't think that that's <clears throat> quite right. It's like seeing a wave of uh, David Tell um, impersonators or knockoffs in comedy after David Tell was successful. And I thought it was just about swearing and talking about prostitutes and drugs, and now that's not it. There's... There's context and experience and depth there. I'm not saying I have the golden touch or the key to all, but I know who doesn't. It's like Justice Potter saying he'll know something's obscene when he sees it. I'll know something sucks when I see it, which ironically, bad comedy, bad satire, using the name satire uh, is obscene to me. Nonetheless, it's what's out there. I, I don't know that I could really call this last hour, half hour of your time, quote-unquote, great comedy. I certainly wouldn't. It's just me reconnecting with people that do listen. Um, I would love to hear what you guys think about the attack, about the weather. Um, I didn't get to de Blasio and the police force. I have some thoughts. We'll touch on that next week. Uh, hit up on the Twitter at Jeff Chrysler, at Rude Pundit, um, at Get Rich Cheating. Um, let us know what's happening. We got a Facebook page we don't do anything with. Final edition radio hours coming up next, and that's going places soon. So keep an eye on that. And uh, let's put a smile on the voice and say this um, I had a great new year. I connected with uh, some family. Um, I had my son share some time with some of his cousins. Uh, we were in a beautiful place in the hills of Montana, which I never thought a city Jew like me would end up there. But um, the world is a beautiful place. There's hatred and hypocrisy and greed and selfishness and destruction. But um, those only seem bad because everything else that the universe has created is so, so very good. So hug somebody. Tell somebody they're pretty even if they're not. <laughs> and uh, And continue to be rude. And to cheat only satirically. All right, my brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, uncles and aunts. I will see you soon. This has been Get Rich Cheating on the Progressive Radio Network. We are doing stuff to you that you don't know about. 
we'd like you to join us. Good night.